Does running cause knee arthritis? This is a very common question and a very important question. And today we are going to dig into the evidence. Hi guys, welcome back to the Adaptive Zone podcast. My name is Matthew Boyd. I'm a physiotherapist and running coach. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're so inclined, share it with a friend. Today, we're going to be talking about knee arthritis and running. Before we go any further, I want to clarify that we're going to be talking about knee osteoarthritis. There is another condition called rheumatoid arthritis. If you have not been specifically diagnosed by a rheumatologist with the condition of rheumatoid arthritis, then you do not have rheumatoid arthritis. You have osteoarthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune condition in which the body's um, immune system attacks the cells of the joints. This is a very difficult and um, specific medical problem and is not very common in comparison to osteoarthritis, which everybody has to a certain degree in different parts of their body. Osteoarthritis is more so the general degeneration of joints with aging and with um, time. Now, you often hear osteoarthritis described as wear and tear. This is not really a term that I like at all. I find it quite unhelpful. I think it makes people feel fragile and like the damage is done and nothing can be done about it. It is a very bleak term and I try and avoid it as much as possible. But if you have been told that you have like wear and tear in your knee, for example, or you have osteoarthritis or you have arthritis in one of your knees, this is the condition that we're going to be talking about today. It's the structural changes that affect the joint as a result of the passage of time and various other factors. Just to clarify there, if you were to take a photo of my face, you could guess that I'm sort of a middle-aged guy, right? I'm 38. And if you took a photo of me, you wouldn't think that's a 12-year-old or that's a 90-year-old. You can kind of roughly guess how old I am just by looking at my face. You can see the wrinkles on my eyes here, slightly receding hairline, a little bit of gray on the sides. And you're like, oh, okay, he's probably 30 late 30s, early 40s kind of thing, hopefully, <laughs> you wouldn't describe any of those things as degenerative change, right? The wrinkles around my eye, my receding hairline, you wouldn't say like my face is degenerating. Yet, when you get an MRI scan or an x-ray, what is described as being seen on the x-ray or MRI is often um, termed degenerative change. Whereas actually what we're seeing is the natural process of aging right, just the same as my face, my joints age in the same way. So if you take a photo of my face, you can guess, you know, roughly how old I am. If you take a photo of the inside of my knee joint, you can guess roughly how old it is as well. The tricky part of this is that the changes that you see on an MRI scan or an x-ray in your knee are not super well correlated with pain and dysfunction, which are the things that we actually care about. And we go into depth discussing this particular issue with um, Mike, Mike Stewart. I did an episode with him a little while back called Pain Does Not Equal Damage. And if you're interested in digging more into the difference between having pain in a dysfunctional knee and having, you know, arthritic change in your knee, then I would recommend you check that episode out. So just scroll back in the feed and look for that episode with Mike Stewart called um, Pain Does Not Equal Damage. The reason I point this out is because Degenerative change or arthritic change on a knee, x-ray or MRI is extremely common. In fact, one study showed that if you have 
regular people over the age of 40 who have no knee pain and you take x-rays and MRIs of them, over 40%, no, sorry, between 20 and 40% of them will have arthritic change on their x-ray or MRI, but they have no pain. So you see that just because you have changes on an x-ray or an MRI does not mean that you will have pain or a problem. And just because you don't have changes on an x-ray or an MRI doesn't mean that you don't have a problem. So these things are relevant in terms of creating a clinical picture. However, they are not the be-all and end-all, and there is no destiny in a scan. There is no destiny in an x-ray. So we have to take them in the context of the whole clinical picture. This discrepancy between what is seen on an MRI and an x-ray and what someone experiences or does not experience has led to the term radiographic arthritis or radiographic osteoarthritis. So radiography is like taking x-rays and stuff. And radiographic arthritis would be, say you took an x-ray of my knee and you saw some evidence of arthritic change, then you would call that radiographic arthritis because I personally don't have any knee pain. However, if I had knee pain and you took an x-ray and you saw arthritic change, then you might call that symptomatic arthritis if you believe that those changes were related to the pain itself. The changes that we're referring to mostly occur in the cartilage, which is the lining of the joint surfaces. And if you imagine that being sort of thick, and over time, with more and more arthritic change, it becomes gradually thinner and to the point where it can wear away entirely. So if you were to look at the an x-ray of a knee, the femur, which is the thigh bone, is the top uh, bone, and the tibia, which is the shin bone, is the underneath one. The knee joint is the articulation between the two. You have some thick cartilage on the end of each bone, and on the x-ray, you can't really see the cartilage because it's not hard like a bone. So when you look at the x-ray, it looks like a space, so they call it like a joint space. And as the cartilage wears away with arthritic change, which can be the result of many things, but as it wears away, the two bones get closer together so that you get joint space narrowing. And sometimes the cartilage wears away entirely and the two bones are in contact, but there's no cartilage between them anymore. And this has led to another awful term that I hate, bone on bone. The reason I hate that term is very similar to the reason I hate the term wear and tear. It creates this image in our mind of fragility, of things wearing away with time. It's the analogy of us being like some kind of machine, like a car, where the tires just wear out. We're not like that. We are not mechanical systems. Mechanical systems like cars, the more you use them, the more they wear out. We are biological systems capable of adaptation. I named my podcast The Adaptive Zone for that reason. When you put stress on our tissues, they can adapt to that stress, provided that that stress is not outside or above their adaptive capacity, provided they have the time to adapt to those stresses. So to use an analogy that's very similar to a car is very unhelpful because there's a fundamental flaw in the logic because we can adapt to stress. That's one reason it's unhelpful. The other reason it's unhelpful is because when you have a car and the, the let's say the shocks are wearing out they they are going to wear out and dysfunction when you have a knee joint and the cartilage is thinning the knee may or may not become painful and may or may not become dysfunctional it depends on a number of factors but you may experience no pain and if you don't ask a great deal out of that knee 
it might be completely fine to do those things. However, if you ask a lot out of that knee, it might be unable to do those things. So again, this term of wear and tear and the term of bone on bone is very helpful and we should just stop saying them because they don't create a very helpful picture of what is actually going on and what it means for us. And that's the important thing. We want to be thinking about using terms that help us in the future take action and adjust our behavior the way we need it to. And if those two terms make you feel very fragile and like you're doomed and you need to be very careful, then I would say that's not the appropriate reaction to those um, x-ray or MRI results. And thus, we shouldn't use those terms. We should use other terms. I think arthritis is fine as long as we give arthritis the proper context and realize that just because you have arthritis doesn't mean that you can or can't do something. So these structural changes on the MRI or the x-ray in the knee are often given a grade. So sometimes there's different grading systems that use numbers. Uh, one that's quite common is a zero to four scale. You can also see the most common one I see here in Canada is mild, moderate, and severe. So you would have normal joint, which is shows no signs of joint space narrowing and no osteophytes, which are extra bits of bony growth, which is another sign of arth arthritic change. You could have mild, which would mean, you know, very small osteophytes and very little narrowing of the joint space, if any. You could have moderate, which would mean more severe joint space narrowing and more significant presentation of osteophytes. Or you could have severe, which is where there's very little joint space, if any, and a large amount of osteophytes within the joint. To add a little nuance to the picture, if we have arthritic change in a knee joint, if that is age-related change, we want to know if that age-related change is normal for the person. So let's say you had someone with moderate arthritic change in the knee. That might be completely fine if you were looking at an x-ray or an MRI of a 90-year-old woman and she had no pain and you took an x-ray and it showed moderate arthritis. To be honest, you wouldn't think much of it. You wouldn't really tell her to do anything differently. She could just carry on as normal. If you saw moderate arthritic change in a 20-year-old woman who had previously ruptured her ACL playing volleyball and was now getting into running, then you would pay more attention to it, even if she didn't have any pain. So we can see here that there's two x-ray results that mean different things, even though there's no pain. The one in the 20-year-old we would pay attention to and potentially change her behavior going forward. And the 90-year-old, we would say, no, that's fine. That's within reason for your age. So what we really want to know when we look at arthritic changes, is this normal for my age range? Is it correlated with pain? Am I also getting pain in the area? How long has it been going on? These kind of questions add a little more nuance to the clinical picture and help us make decisions going forward. Now, really importantly here, when you have that 20-year-old woman with moderate arthritic change in her knee joint, you absolutely would not say to her, you will need a knee replacement in 10 years. And this is another super common medical trope that I hate, that people say still quite often I hear this. So with the wear and tear, the bone on bone, and you'll need a knee replacement in 10 years, it is absolutely not based in reality whatsoever. A simple example, that 20-year-old girl, what if she just didn't run at all for the next 10 years, okay? What if she ate absolute garbage for the next 10 years? What if she ate perfectly for the next 10 years? What if she discovered she had sleep apnea 
got a CPAP and then she was getting restorative sleep instead of very little sleep? What if she didn't get any sleep? What if she got married and had a terrible relationship and was super stressed all the time? What if she was very healthy and did lots of exercise? What if she was completely unhealthy and didn't do any exercise? These are some simple variables that I've just plucked out of the air. And you can see that that would drastically change the course of progression of arthritis in this woman, depending on which one of those she chose. So there's no way that anyone, including doctors, including surgeons, can predict whether you will or will not need a knee replacement in the future. There's just no way to do it. There's far too many variables. So before we get too far into my own personal opinions about this, let's review some evidence on this topic. So one of my favorite studies on this was a study by um, a gentleman named Chakravarti and his colleagues. And that took place from 1984 to, I think, like 2004. And they followed a group of runners. There was 40-something of them. And a group of non-runners, there was 50-something of them. And because this was started in the 80s, there was very much the belief at the time that the running would um, predispose the runners to have more, quote, wear and tear, and they would get more radiographic arthritic change. What actually happened as they collected the data through the years is they found that that was not the case. In fact, if I just get up a quote here, Long-distance running was not associated with accelerated incidence or severity of radiographic osteoarthritis. That's from Chakravarti in 2008, sorry. Now, in 2016, Timmons and colleagues looked at all of the research that had been done on running and arthritis. Now, what they found is that they could only conclude that there was low to moderate quality evidence, which means that the strength of their conclusions isn't as strong. However, after analyzing the data, they, uh, to quote again, moderate to low evidence suggests no association with osteoarthritis diagnosis, meaning that although the evidence isn't of a particularly high standard, what is available doesn't seem to suggest that running is associated with the development or the worsening of osteoarthritis. Interestingly, they also said Running may offer some protection against needing a knee replacement later in life. Then there was another more interesting study in 2017 by Ellen Torn Gelly. <laughs> and they were a group of researchers from Spain. And they did a systematic review and meta-analysis of all of the research on hip and knee arthritis and its relationship to running. Of the subjects analyzed, roughly 10% of the non-runners had a knee or hip arthritis, whereas only 3.5% of the recreational runners did. However, they did find that roughly 13% of the competitive runners had hip or knee arthritis. So what they're saying here is that recreational runners who aren't running a large volume or intensity had less knee arthritis than their, what's the word, lay person counterpart. So this would be like a general population person. So the general population person had knee arthritis at a higher incidence than recreational runners did. However, when they categorized runners as recreational versus competitive, the competitive runners had arthritis just as badly as the general population did. So they seem to have lost that protective effect that running was giving them from knee arthritis and hip arthritis. The way they defined competitive, which is different in different studies, they said 
professional, elite, or ex-elite athletes. Now, the thing that I would jump to is that they were doing higher volume. However, that's not the only variable at play here, right? So it may be that there's something about competitive running that has a more detrimental effect on knee and hip joints. However, the takeaway for me here is that if you are comparing most of the people who listen to this podcast, um, myself included, recreational runners who are doing a quote-unquote normal amount of running, so I would say you know anything less than 100 kilometers a week, definitely, you know, most people are not doing close to that. Then you could classify those as recreational runners, and they are going to have knee arthritis at about 3.5%, whereas the general population are going to have it about 10%. Now, the competitive runners, so if you would define yourself as competitive in the sense of professional, elite, or ex-elite, then you may have the same injury, uh, sorry, arthritis risk as the general population. My takeaway from that study would be that the being a runner does not mean that you're more likely to have knee and hip arthritis. In fact, it would seem to suggest, based on the research to date, that you're less likely. This may not be the case for competitive runners. They may be just as much at risk as the general population. However, what I haven't found yet is any evidence that runners are more at risk of developing hip and knee arthritis. And the little bit of evidence that we have about needing knee or hip replacements would suggest that runners have those things less often than the general population. So does running cause knee arthritis? I would say no. So if you already have knee arthritis, does running make it worse? One of the studies that looked at this was a study in 2017 by Law and colleagues. They looked at 1,200 people with knee arthritis and asked them some questions to help identify the runners in the group. When they compared the runners to the non-runners, they found that the runners actually appeared to have less knee pain, and that knee pain was less likely to get worse over the eight-year study period. They also took x-rays at the beginning and end of the trial and found that structural signs of knee arthritis had not worsened in the runners, meaning that even when you just look at general knee pain, it doesn't seem that runners have knee pain more often than non-runners. In fact, they seem to have it less. And runners who do have knee arthritis in this study, that knee arthritis did not get worse over an eight-year period. They summed up their findings like this. Our study provides the first evidence to guide recommendations regarding whether people who have knee osteoarthritis should be advised to run or not. Our study is reassuring because among those who had knee osteoarthritis who choose to run, running did not appear to be harmful. In fact, there was a beneficial effect of decreased pain symptoms in runners with knee osteoarthritis. So, does running cause knee arthritis and does it make it worse? Based on the evidence we reviewed today, I would say the answer to that is nuanced, but overall, no. If you do not have knee arthritis, you really probably don't need to worry about developing knee arthritis because of running. If you already have knee arthritis, it may be that running can make it worse, although the evidence isn't clear, and it may be that it doesn't make it worse at all. Finally, if you are what you might call a competitive runner or an elite runner, to me, that would mean that you're running very high volumes, meaning, let's say, more than 100 kilometers a week, although that's not specifically the way they've defined it in the research studies. But if you are running a high volume, or you're running at a very competitive level, 
then you may be just as much at risk of developing knee arthritis as your inactive counterparts in the general population. However, you wouldn't necessarily be more at risk than they are. If you're a recreational runner, like me and like most of the people listening, your chances of developing knee arthritis actually seem to be quite a bit lower than the general population. So my takeaways for you would be, if you haven't been diagnosed with knee arthritis or hip arthritis, just run. The health benefits accrued by running regularly are going to far outweigh any potential detrimental effects that the running or the impact of the running might have on your knees. Even if you are running tons and you're a competitive runner, it doesn't seem that you're any more at risk than your general population counterparts. If you do have knee arthritis, then I would say don't quit. Keep running and ask yourself if your knee is tolerating the running that you're doing. So when you run at the end of the week, how does your knee feel? Does it feel worse than it did the week before? If it doesn't, then it seems to be tolerating that amount and you can continue at that amount. If it's getting worse week on week, then you probably need to talk to a physiotherapist or some other health professional who can help guide you through this process. If you've been to a medical professional who says you have arthritis and you shouldn't run, you should quit running because of your knee, you shouldn't run after a knee replacement, you shouldn't run generally because it's bad for your knees, I would say most of those things are not in keeping with the current evidence and you should seek a second opinion. If you're interested in getting a second opinion from me, just visit the link in my website and book a call with us and we'll have a chat about it. Anyway, hope that's been helpful and we will catch you next time.